This is News Talk. A lot of talk about refugees in the papers today. The front of the Irish Times growing fears in government that accommodation options are running out as the number of Ukrainian arrivals is expected to increase and hotels will seek to take back rooms currently occupied by refugees for the tourism season. Taoiseach Leo Vradker warning yesterday the government was not in a position to guarantee accommodation to everyone who arrives in the country. That's just the reality of the situation. Uh, so there are big fears of a squeeze on accommodation in March and April. I was listening to, uh, I think it's Ono Mara Walsh from the Hotels Federation. He was on the hard shoulder here on News Talk last night, really saying that after St. Patrick's Day, hotels need to be taking tourists back in. Grand in the quiet season, they say they've done their bit and in fairness, the state have propped them up with some of these contracts. But if tourists want to come to Ireland, they need somewhere to sleep. Uh, and the hotels are warning, while they might be okay-ish because they're guaranteed income from the state, all the other tourism businesses, so your pubs, your restaurants, your tourist attractions, all the different things that we have on offer in Ireland, they're going to suffer if tourists have nowhere to sleep. And essentially, if a third of all hotel beds are being used um, to accommodate refugees, so... I think Leo Vradker probably just outlining the reality of the situation, but now people will wonder, well, what's the state going to do? Are they going to open up more state-owned accommodation for uh, refugees? Will we see people sleeping in churches and halls around the country? Um, There's talk as well of old bank buildings being used too. So that's the front of the Irish Times. The Irish Examiner looks at the protests outside asylum seeker accommodation centres, and they've been described as crossing the line of decent by Thonish the Michal Martin. His remarks come ahead of several protests which are planned for today at facilities housing asylum seekers. We've had some in the past, apparently more today. Uh, some of the other papers reporting that Gardaí are going to be present at these protests and monitoring them to make sure that they are peaceful. So that's the front of the Irish Examiner. Also the front of the Irish Examiner reflecting the fact that it's a year after the killing of Ashling Murphy which shocked the nation and the Examiner says that one year uh, since the death of Ashling Murphy a further 11 women have died in violent circumstances. They're among 254 women who've died violently in Ireland since 1996 and two-thirds of those women were killed in their own homes. That's in the front of the Irish Examiner. We'll have more from Tullamore throughout the day here on News Talk as locals there react to the one-year anniversary of the death of Ashling Murphy. Now, the front of the Irish Independent looks again at the healthcare crisis. Patients were waiting 24 hours for a bed in 17 hospitals yesterday. The HSE's 8am trolley count of patients in emergency departments. Now, by the way, that doesn't look at trolleys on wards, but those figures from the HSE yesterday showed 70 patients across the country had spent more than 24 hours waiting for a bed. The highest number was in St. Vincent's Hospital in Dublin. And I suppose then we can't be surprised when we have surveys showing an awful lot of people are afraid to go to emergency departments or they'll only go if they think their life is somehow at risk 
because people don't want to sit in a metal chair or lie on a trolley for a full day before they're admitted into a ward and get a bed. That's the front of the Indo. The Irish Daily Mail, too many first-time mothers are having C-sections and apparently it's due to doctors' fears of litigation and out of convenience. This is a new study from Trinity College Dublin which says the huge number of caesarean births in Ireland is unacceptable and not in keeping with the expectations of pregnant women. The authors of that report will be on News Talk Breakfast this morning. They're very interesting though. Doctors and midwives clearly worried about getting sued so that's why they're going and encouraging C-sections. Now the Irish Daily Star flatly battles cancer and the Irish Daily Mirror flatly cancer battle. Michael Flatley is fighting an aggressive form of cancer and has had surgery. A statement on his social media last night said he was in the care of an excellent team of doctors. Michael Flatley previously successfully recovered from skin cancer after being diagnosed in 2003. So he's asking for prayers and well wishes and I'm sure a lot of people shocked at this news. Uh, A very, very fit and healthy man, uh, Michael Flatley, um, who is fighting now an aggressive form of cancer. On to happier news, the Irish Sun looks at the Golden Globes. Unfortunate for the papers because of the time difference, they can only really look at the Golden Globes today when the rest of us were thinking about the Golden Globes success for Ireland all day yesterday. But the Irish Sun uh, has good news for Colin Farrell. Obviously he won a Golden Globe, but also he's never going to have to go without his favourite crunchy nut again. This is the front page story on the Sun. Um, So if you remember from his speech, he complained that Barry Keoghan was eating his cereal stash. But now Kellogg's have come to the rescue and they've even set up a hotline that Colin Farrell can call for an urgent fix of Crunchy Nut cornflakes there. Never actually tried them myself, but uh, Colin Farrell clearly a big fan, so that's the front of the sun. Inside the papers then, the Irish Independent looking at another headache, as if they don't have enough issues in the Department of Housing. We've a new headache for them, because the Department of Housing has missed the government's own December deadline to publish its gender pay gap report. A department spokesperson confirmed it hasn't completed its work that was due six months after a snapshot date last June. The Department uh, Gender Pay Gap report is currently being finalised and will be published shortly. Now, we do have new legislation, but apparently government departments can just go, we're not actually ready. Sorry about that. Um, so the Indo looks at all the different gender pay gap disparities across the public sector. The Department of Transport has the highest gender pay gap of over 20%. In contrast, the Department of Children has a gender pay gap of minus 36 Now, that's not surprising, given that the Department of Children actually wrote up the pay gap legislation. So it looked pretty bad if women were earning less than men in Minister Roger O'Gorman's department there. Two government departments, Rural and Community Development and the Department of Further and Higher Education were not obliged to publish reports because they don't have 250 employees or more. So not good news for the Department of Housing. They're going to have to sort that out fairly quickly because everyone else is able to do it by the Department of Housing. Others would say they're probably busy enough doing other things in that particular department. Now, the Times of London looks at the rising cost of living and it's very interesting. Cash use has increased for the first time in more than a decade because people are using physical money more than cards. 
and it's all to do with budgeting. So the amount of cash withdrawals shot up by nearly 20% last year. More people are choosing cash over cards because they find it easier to keep on top of how much they're spending. Uh, And it is true because with a card, it all feels very virtual and it just feels like sort of numbers uh, on your phone or whatever. But actually, if you have the physical cash in your pocket, it's more difficult maybe to part with it or you're certainly more conscious of it. So if you're on a budget, the advice probably is maybe use cash instead. I got caught yesterday. I was trying to buy dog food uh, and my card wouldn't work. There's some problem with the card. So I had to leave the dog food behind. So uh, I'm going to certainly be taking out some cash to make sure I don't get caught like that uh, into the future. Final story is looking at the royals again. And I know some Irish people hate when we talk about the royal family, but there certainly are people in Ireland obsessed with the British royal family because in the star a Cork town has been named as the place that is most obsessed with the royals in Ireland search analyst Digital Funnel found that Mallow in Cork is the town most interested in the British royal family they examined Google search data from across the country in order to find Ireland's most royal obsessed town Uh, and obviously there's a lot of talk about Prince Harry recently but residents of Mallow uh, are most interested in the British royal family and they're thinking it could be because obviously Cork had a visit from the royals King Charles and Camilla visited Cork also Queen Elizabeth visited you have the English market there you also have Cove known as Queenstown all of these reasons it seems mean that Mallow most interested in it Uh, Portleash came in second followed by Clonroach in Wexford in third. So a lot of towns in Ireland. Navan is the fifth most interested town. Galway City is the place where people are least interested in the lives of the British Royals. On 106 to 108 FM and Newstalk.com This, this is Newstalk.